Welcome to Panini's and Prattle, where we dish out sizzling sandwiches and insights to American literature. This episode, we will take a look at Benjamin Franklin's The Way to Wealth and Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's The Tide Rises, The Tide Falls. The first piece we'll be discussing today is The Way to Wealth, written by Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin was an American politician, scientist, and inventor who was alive during the revolutionary period of the United States. He wrote, he wrote this essay during colonial times when America was really starting to prosper. He wrote this during the Alignment Era, which was characterized by liberty, progress, making a life for oneself, self-made wealth. Um, in the writing, The Way to Wealth, the central idea is to make sure you aren't wasting any of your time or money by being frivolous and lazy, but making the most out of both of them. He supports this claim with seven ways to ensure you don't waste your time or money, which are taxes, industry, procrastination, knowledge, and sound advice, trust, pride, and debt, and frugality. Franklin's purpose is to help people who is to help people make sure that they are making the most out of their time and money and that they aren't wasting it. The Way to Wealth is a very inspirational piece that can be motivational to people who are wanting to build up their money and wealth so they can have a good footing in their lives. Yeah, he really gives some sound advice and some things that I think people, including myself today, can even use. Yeah, it's definitely advice to be taken into consideration by a lot of people our age and even people older than us, like parents. And mm-hmm. Yep. And some criticism for that, though, is that um, it's a little bit unrealistic for Ben Franklin to expect everyone to drop all of the things they're used to having in their life that aren't exactly necessary and that are maybe a little bit luxurious because he kind of focuses on, like, Use only exactly what you need, bare necessities. But there's so many people that live with all these all these things that make them happy but that they don't need. And I don't think they'd be willing to give that up. Like, people aren't going to stop eating out and, um, like, again, buying things that make them happy just to save a few dollars. Like, even though it's not necessarily good for my bank account, I'm probably <laughs> not going to stop getting ice cream with my friends just because like and going it's something to get starbucks yes canes something yes. good yes because it's just something that like i like to do and i think it contributes to, to my happiness yes it just is fun to do something fun yeah to do because i think without those things like if you live with only the bare necessities you're not really living your life is just very dull yeah, you're just going through, like, the motions to build up on this never-ending, like, need for more money, which I think is and a problem you, that a lot of people have, like, mm-hmm. greed. When you have all that money and you don't spend it on the frivolous things, like, what are you even spending on? Like, what is the point of having all that money if you're not ever going to spend it on the little things? Exactly, and that makes me think of, this sounds silly, but it makes me think of Spongebob because Mr. Krabs is so <laughs> obsessed with money. And he always wants more money, but... He's such a cheapskate that he so, won't spend any of exactly. it. Exactly. Like, he just has, like, vaults and stuff full of all these coins and jewels, but he never does anything with them. And when the health inspector comes to visit, 
it's like the Krusty Krab is just so like not at where it needs to be. Yeah. And so he could be spending all this money to be improving his restaurant, but instead he just keeps it. And it's basically just something he looks at but never uses. Yeah, and I think that's a great metaphor of a show to explain for. He literally like, has a dollar framed on his wall. <laughs> a one dollar bill. The first one dollar bill he ever earned. <laughs> And that's one of the main criticism and problems with alignment thinking is if you're saving up all your money, how are you enjoying your life? Yeah. And so with the relevance and influence society with this piece, the quote, there are no gains without pains is um, really up there in the past, present, and even today. The things that we want most in life, like marriage, kids, work, and money, of course, they're not going to come to us without hard work and sacrifice. Like in a marriage, you might have to sacrifice your individuality and like your money, of course. And with kids, you have to sacrifice your time and your money. And there's just a lot of things that you have to give up and work really hard at to get to be successful and to get to where you want to be. And another quote that Ben Franklin writes is, get what you can and what you get hold. This means that when you're earning, when you're working hard and earning what you get, don't instantly waste it like some teenagers <laughs> in the room do. <laughs> Just at me next time. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'll admit it. I'll admit it. It's a problem. I like to spend money on stupid things. Big like problem. Starbucks. Mini pool tables. <laughs> mini pool. I did buy a mini t- pool table one time. It was thirty dollars. <laughs> oh. oh gosh. Anyways, another um, quote that would relate it to society: um, "A small leak will sink a great ship." People that spend five dollars on coffee think it isn't a big deal that it's just a small leak, but if you continuously spend those five dollars on coffee day to day and ten dollars on McDonald's or somewhere to eat, the money in your bank account. The big ship dwindles very quickly. And this essay represents our enlightenment thinking, but that transitions into romanticism around the mid-1700s. The ideas change from very analytical thinking to more emotional ideas. It's also less critical of people's actions and allows you to splurge more with the pleasures of life, which is what we were talking about earlier. The Tide Rises, the Tide Falls is the piece that goes with the Romanticism era, and it was written by Henry Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, who was a great American poet. He wrote a lot of famous um, poems, and he was also an educator. Some ideas of the Romantic era were a huge emphasis on individualism, following your own path, and a really big emphasis, too, on nature and the power of that and how influential it is to people's lives, as well as feeling and thought, freedom, imagination, and sometimes even the supernatural. And this poem opens with an image of the movement of the ocean on the shore at night and a traveler quickly returning back to the town from the ocean The second stanza then is also set at night, but it focuses on the way the waves calmly wash on the sand. The shift then happens in the third stanza as morning breaks through and the traveler returns to the ocean 
and the tide is still there, rising and falling. Um, through its frequent repetition and its use of language, the poem reflects its main theme that despite how many aspects of life are continuously changing, nature is always there, it's always consistent and unshakable. This poem has a really nice flow to it, which is very reflective of the romanticism ideas and concepts. And it the repetition at each stanza really emphasizes that and gives a good message about how nature is larger than the larger than us and is always present. Some people could say that the poem is too short, but the problem with it with lengthening the poem would it could dampen the effect of its message. Yeah, because one of the main things of the poem being so short is that it conveys such a big message, like, with its sparse use of words. I think that's something really cool about it. It's a quality over quantity thing. Yes. Um, the poem is also relevant to society through the quote, little waves with their soft white hands efface the footprints in the sand. Nature makes humans and their impact seem insignificant in comparison because nature is just like this great thing that could never be replicated. Um, that quote could be taken as human impact on earth doesn't matter. The quote could be taken that the human impact on earth doesn't matter because the ocean will just wash it all away, but soon enough the ocean won't be able to wash away our problems. Um, the power of nature is so great and we need to keep it that way basically like not destroying it to build all the things that we want and um yeah and that's something that's super relevant today especially with global warming and everything we're seeing a lot that the things that we are doing to the earth are having a huge environmental impact and we're really seeing the negative effects of that now and if we want to keep like living on this planet and sustaining nature, then we really need to do something about that. Like we're seeing some of the greatest parts of nature being ruined because of our effects, like the burning of the Amazon rainforest. Or the that great, was because of us. The Great Barrier Reef too. Like it's if you've seen pictures of it recently, it's like completely bleached, and it's really sad to see that compared to how it used to be and how beautiful it was. Yeah, and something also to think about, like, is does global warming affect the gentleness of nature, which like. I think it almost does in a way because, um, like, nature doesn't have that, like, gentleness and calming effect that it does if things are, like, ruined and we're ruining them. Yeah, global warming makes nature more extreme and severe with, like, the more hurricanes happening and the higher temperature gaps that have been happening recently. Yeah. And in addition to that, the repetition at each, the end of each stanza says, and the tide rises, the tide falls. And that's, um, like I said, at the end of each stanza. And it shows the consistency of nature through that, no matter what happens in the rest of the stanza, all the events that happen, it always wraps it up with, and the tide rises, the tide falls. And it shows that um, the consistency is something that we definitely need today, and nature can be that consistency for us. 
because our lives today are full of so much tension, whether that's like political or in our personal lives and a lot of distractions too, like bad news headlines and even phones. We need something like nature that's real to keep us grounded and to remind us that like, hey, we do live on this earth and this is something that will never change completely. Even though we are kind of ruining the planet, nature's still going to be there. And I think it's important to realize that and that we need to keep it there for us. And the shift in this poem happens with the lines, the twilight darkens, the the curlew calls, the morning breaks, the steeds in their stalls. This illustrates the cycle from going from day to night and back to day and it connects it connects to our lives with showing how things happen in repeating uh, patterns like whether it's time whether it's the life cycle or even with history repeating itself over and over and, and i i think too like fashion trends too also go in a cycle there's a lot of things that go in a cycle but like Scrunchies are back now. Corduroy pants. Like, you just see everything from the past resurfacing to the future. And with history, you see how people tend to make the same mistakes over and over again. And, like, not to learn so much. Also known as corduroy pants. (laughs) (laughs) And now, welcome to our special section of the podcast, the Panini Press. Where we have our two guest speakers. Our first one, our Lightman thinker, the Panini Princess. Don't spend money on a Panini press. It's luxurious and a waste. Make your food with your own hard work and using only what you need. And now we have our romanticism expert. This Panini is so good. The flavors, the way it makes you feel. This Panini makes me happy and that's what matters. Thank you to our special guests, the Panini Princess and the Romanticism Expert. Now on to the section of the Panini Press, where we have the Panini of the Week, which is... Caprice, which includes mozzarella, tomato, salami, salt and pepper, and a garlic spread on Asiago bread. I would like to put in my opinion that this Panini was very good. And uh, props to the chef, which is me, <laughs> because I cooked it to perfection. Um, really just hands down, good panini, good sandwich. I rated a 9 out of 10. Mine was also really good, but um, I feel like parts of it weren't very cooked enough. It's also probably because I cooked it myself, <laughs> and I'm not a very good cook. Which is why. That is true. I should cook your panini next time. I would also like to put in my opinion. I think that the flavors went to went together very well, except my cheese didn't really get melted all that well. Mine was melted. Mine so I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. Daniel, what is your rating? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It was really good. Just... Good, wholesome, healthy food. Healthy. <laughs> well, it tasted healthy. It That's does what taste matters. Pretty healthy. I think the garlic spread really made the flavor. Really it sent it. Put everything together. Perfectly. A big ribbon to wrap it all together. Uh-huh. The salami was also really good. I would the also like to point out good. that for this podcast, we were being resourceful. 
um, thinking back to our Enlightenment speaker, the Panini Princess, we did not use a Panini Press. We actually used two pans and smashed them together because the Panini Press went AWOL. So, um, it is currently in a storage unit. Yes, but <laughs> it still worked. We didn't need to go out and buy another Panini Press. Or go sort through boxes in the storage unit trying mm-hmm. to find it. We used our labors to make the panini great instead of wasting them by trying to buy or find the panini press. Which Just make it easier on ourselves. Ben yes. Franklin would be proud. Yes, he would. Um, we also had a nice drink of cran cherry juice. What I would say added a nice um, flavor to the meal. Yes, very complimentary. Also, it added to the healthy healthy It's still not that, that good for you. <laughs> Yeah, it really isn't. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, good Dinner talk, show. good prattle, good, good paninis. I would say good prattle, good prattle. Uh-huh. Very good prattle, very good paninis, and that's what this podcast is all about. Yes, the three Ps, prattle panini podcast. Thank you for listening. And stay sizzling. Tss.